Welcome to the Logos Podcast, where world history meets the Word of God. Visit us online at logospodcast.com. And now, here's your host, Andy Anastasopoulos. Welcome, Christian Radio World. Welcome. I'm your host, Spartan. Welcome to Episode 2 of Logos, Heart of God, Mind of Christ. I wanted to start this week and moving forward with a disclaimer. Here at the History with God Ministries, we use the King James or the New International Version of the Bible, as we believe these are the true Word of God. However, there will be times where we will need to consult outside sources that are directly related to the Bible and history as a whole. A prime example of this is the Roman Tacitus, who records the existence of Christ from Roman and outside canonical sources. You will also hear sources from the Catholic and Greek Orthodox Bibles to paint a larger picture of the Christian and biblical world. Christ our Lord has said that people perish for lack of knowledge. It is my hope that through the historical record, we can solidify and better understand our faith. So just so there's no more confusion or any confusion for that matter, just keep that in mind as we move forward. So today's broadcast is going to be part two of Hellenism in the Jewish world, their influence and moving forward from there. As we spoke about last week, Alexander the Great's empire dismantled by his generals. And for those of you who are interested or want to learn about Greek history, this is known as the War of the Successors, the 50-year war that all of Alexander the Great's generals fought and cut up his empire. Now, Ptolemy, his number one general, took Egypt, and Seleucus took all of Mesopotamia and Persia. So those were the reigning Greek Macedonian kings at this time. The Jews, under Ptolemy in Egypt, they experienced a considerable amount of freedom and peace. So, for example, the Old Testament was written in Greek and distributed widely at that time. However, the Battle of Pannonian Ptolemy loses control of the Jewish world to Seleucus. So Seleucus, the other Alexander the Great General, is not a king of religious tolerance. He doesn't really accept anything outside of Hellenism. So... One of his descendants, Antiochus IV, he desired to get rid of any non-Hellene, which means Greek. So the, the ancient Greek term for the people of Greece and Greek is Hellene, Hellenic Hellene. So he desires to get rid of anybody that's non-Hellene. And Judaism was a prime target. He desired to spread and consolidate Hellenism and force Jews to be Greek. So what he does is he disposes of the high priest Onias and replaces him with his brother Jason, who is not Jewish, but Greek. And as you can imagine, the Jews at the time have a huge problem with that. So what does he do? He builds a, a gymnasium. And the gymnasium is a high point of Greek culture. And also what it does is it forces Jews to wear Greek-inspired clothes, especially the headgear of the Greek god Hermes, who is also the god of gymnasiums. And this uh, headdress is called a petasos. Now, why Hermes? And why force the Jews to be, quote-unquote, Greek? Well, if you understand the Greek culture, their version of spirituality was mind, body, and soul. And there was a heavy emphasis on the body. They believed that the body and athletics, the expression of the body, was their way to connect to the gods. It was their way, their spiritual way. So the Greeks in the ancient times, even back in the Olympics, were all about the human body, its capability, the beauty of the muscles, etc. And so that's what they tried to push on the Jews. They also forced the Jews to compete naked. And that also was a staple of ancient Greek competition was to compete naked. And the reason why is so they can be ridiculed for showing their non-circumcisions and be punished for being circumcised. 
So again, in the ancient times, in the ancient Greeks, circumcision was unheard of and not a part of their culture. Circumcision is a Jewish ceremonial rite. For the Greeks, they didn't have that. It just wasn't who they were, but they would ridicule others who had different looking private areas. So circumcision was a very Jewish practice. Uncircumcision was not an ancient Greek practice. So the Jews believed that Hellenism was a mere nature worship, a continuation of the Canaanite religion with Antichius as a new Baal. And Baal was an ancient god with, who embraced hate, lust, anger, greed, and envy. The Greek worldview conflicted with the Israel's worldview that the one true God was love, justice, which built society. So a loving God who cares about us and love us under the Hebrews' version and later Christ's version, they believe that God was a loving and just in God and that we as Christians believe as well, as opposed to this continuation of an ancient paganistic God that was built by man's aggression and not by the love of God. So as you can see, these two cultures are really clashing. I mean, this is definitely a culture clash. Jewish loyalty came against Antichius' view of the God manifest. So Antichius believed that he was God manifest. He was God in man form, which again, totally, totally contradicts uh, the Jews and, and the monotheistic religion. So Antichius turns his attention more to enforcing Hellenism on the Jews, and it just keeps on becoming a problem over and over and over again, like one after the other. It's this tyranny of the Greek Macedonian rule, which already was ruled by Alexander the Great, and now it's continued and it's continued, and now it's being pushed upon by force to the Jewish people. So he does, he robs the temple of its treasures and plunders and burns parts of Jerusalem. He forcibly pursues Hellenism by converting the Jews' temple into a temple of Zeus. So the Jews have a holy temple, and according to them, it can't be used on anything else other than their religion. You know, foreigners can't enter, all that kind of stuff. We're going to get into that more of an issue when we talk about Christ in a few weeks. Christ's introduction will be coming to up to you shortly. And as we get there, we progress there. We'll talk more about this. But the temple is a holy place, and it can't be desecrated, can, uh, destroyed, or change in any way. So, but this is what happens. So, the push for Hellenism makes the the temple into a temple of Zeus. So, for the Greeks, it's fantastic. They believe in their god Zeus, the king of all gods. For the Jews, not so fantastic because you are undermining people's faith and their their relationship with God, and they are dealing with the enemy, so to speak, and the enemy is occupying their land. So there's a level of tyranny here. There's a level of tyranny from the ruling class onto the, the, the oppressed people. So he's doing all this. So he makes the temple into a, a temple for Zeus. And then he also makes the Samaritan sanctuary. He converts that into a worship center for Zeus as well. So now the Jews from within are losing their culture. They're losing their culture to this new tyranny coming in. And it's, it seems like that's happened a lot in this area with, the, with these people, unfortunately. They keep on, they keep on losing little by little, chip by chip, their way, so to speak. Because, you know, again, when we go into the incursion of the Romans later on, it's the same thing happens, one after the other. If it's not this the group of people coming in, it's another group of people coming in, which we will get into. So what's happening? Revolution is uh, fermenting. Revolution is going to happen. And, you know, it just gets to a point where you're chipping at these people's morale and you're chipping into what they believe. So Jews being a proud people who couldn't, not tolerate foreign incursion, established a great rebellion. 
and this great rebellion we will get into next week because there's a lot to it and I want to make sure that we hit everything but that's the idea if we read now in 1st Maccabees 4 chapter 4 verses 13 and 14 we can understand from a first person account the incursion of the Hellenistic regime on the Jews and so this is what was happening this is what they were feeling and this is where the fear and the aggression comes onto the Jews and this is where they feel like they're being, for lack of a better term, ripped apart. There was such an extreme of Hellenization and increase in adoption of foreign ways because of the surpassing wickeding of Jason, who was ungodly and no high priest, that the priests were no longer intent upon their services at the altar, despising the sanctuary and neglecting the sacrifices. They hastened to the take part in the unlawful proceedings in the wrestling arenas after the call to the discus. There you go. There was the forcing them to undermine and forget about their faith. And then there was also forcing them to compete in the games and then making fun of them and ridiculing them and punishing them for being different. So there isn't this sense of peace or a sense of giving the Jews something here. Okay. It sounds like they're building this quote unquote Hellenistic Greek society for them just to ridicule them. And because of the push for Hellenism, you can see the force there, okay? They're not building these gymnasiums for these people to go ahead and work out their bodies and to build a great society. It sounds like to me that they're building these gymnasiums to undermine the Jews in their faith and give them a reason to go ahead and come after them. So it definitely doesn't sound godly, for lack of a better term. Anyway, that's um, all I have for you this week. I know it's a little bit short, but you know there's a lot of information there, and I want you to really absorb this before we go any further. You know, I want you to absorb. I want you to think about critically. I want you to think about these things and understand on so many different levels, from a historical level, from a political level, from a spiritual level, what it means when you have somebody, an invader, to come in and just take over everything that you believe in. You know, you know, I had a Christian meeting earlier today and one of the questions was how has God spoken to Abraham and Israel and us and how has he spoken to us and bonded us all together? And one of the thoughts I had was we were talking about how the Ten Commandments and also how the Ten Commandments are woven into our American system. And I said to the guy, I said, I am so happy that today we live in a world where we have a God and he does love and care for us because imagine if we were living right now in times of the Romans or the times of the Greek Macedonian kings, okay? Imagine if we live in a police state in America, you know, these things to happen today, God forbid, would have to be a breaking down of society, a breaking down of God's law, if you will. We are living in the best degree of peace that there is. We are able to live our lives. And I truly believe that's because it's God's law. And I truly believe it's because those God's law has been woven into our constitution and in our American society. And it's also our job to protect that, to stand up. Because one thing about history is it repeats itself over and over again. And these things can happen again. And these things can happen overnight. And we as Christians need to stand up and say no. Make sure we understand that you know God is the eternal creator of the universe and he loves us just like the Jews thought, you know, you know, when they were being desecrated with their temple and desecrated with their way of life. 
and we have to keep that in our forefront because if we don't use it, we lose it. Anyway, I will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Logos. Visit us online at logospodcast.com.